What up? Welcome to the Jam Room Podcast. Hope you've all been well. It's uh, it's been a week. Um, hope you had a chance to uh, to dance, chill out, rock out, listen to some music, maybe create some of your own, whatever you did out there. Hope it had something to do with music, and I hope music played a part in it. That's what it's all about here on the Jam Room Podcast. So yeah, if you've uh, you've had a fun week, good for you. If not, well, there's another one to come. So hopefully it all turns around for you. Anyway, today um, I thought I'd give you guys a little bit of a different format of the podcast. I know we normally just uh, shoot some shit and then I give you some just jam, sketchy sort of stuff. Uh, but it's dawned on me that I keep on going to heavier sort of styles of music. And so I wanted to bring something else in uh, for this episode. So I decided to um, uh, have a bit of an interview and uh, have a guest bring in some of his music in a completely different genre as a little treat for you guys. Uh, so we'll talk about that later on. We'll still do our normal bullshit. Talk about what's going on in music in the, in the last week. Uh, it seems ACDC released a new album. I don't know if you guys had a chance to listen to it. Uh, Power Up, it's called. I should have said that louder because it was spelt with all caps. But uh, I don't know how long it's been since ACDC have done anything, but uh, they've got a new album out. Check it out. I've listened to it a few times now. I was listening to it again just before this podcast, just so I could have some thoughts on it or whatever. And it's a, it's a great pub rock album. It's the exact uh, style of music that they've always done and continue to do. And they've done a very ACDC album. You know, bands have their styles and ACDC have got theirs, that's for sure. And as an Australian, it's kind of a, an identity thing over here. A cultural identity is to, to be an ACDC fan. It's a bit of a bogan subculture here in, uh, in Perth, as far as I've seen in my life. I could be wrong. It might be different where you live. But anyway, ACDC is a cultural phenomena and part of the Australian identity. And this new album is one of the same. It's exactly the same as the other albums. It's very ACDC, just classic pub rock, and no one does it better than them. They nail the fuck out of it, as far as an ACDC album goes. So check it out. If you love ACDC, check it out. Um, if you're an older fan of ACDC, like if you grew up with ACDC, I don't know if you're going to love it. It's one of these... Um, like weird bands that kind of sits in this area where their popularity now, as far as um, fans that are still existing fans of ACDC, might have a connection with those songs because of nostalgia, right? So they might be, uh, you know, being reminded of like a fucking great party that they were at or a great pub or, a, you know, a time they fucking got their dick sucked in a fucking cubicle somewhere listening to ACDC when they were younger because it was it was hard rock and popular at the time and they still love them because it's nostalgic. So this new album might not have the same replayability because it doesn't have the same memories attached to it to at least the older fans, but perhaps they're going for a younger audience trying to get a new generation of fans of ACDC, which it could work for. It depends if they, they start playing it on loop because, let's face it, whatever becomes popular is just because it's been blared in everyone's ears on every single radio station. So if they get the right marketing behind it... But if they were really trying to do that, they would have got a bunch of kids to choreograph a 
fucking dance and put it on TikTok or something if they really cared about the next generation of ACDC fans. So I don't know. I don't know how this album's going to gonna fare. Uh, let us know. Um, yeah, send us your thoughts. Is it one of these things that's not going to be successful because all the fans of ACDC only care about the nostalgia attached to those old songs and therefore this album won't quite have the same meaning attached? Maybe. Or is it an album designed to bring in the younger crew regardless of their TikTok presence? Anyway, um, I thought we would maybe do like a little bit of a star system of rating albums. If I ever talk about it, because I've talked about a few now. And so uh, we'll give them a star rating. And uh, the best I could come up with was something that had nothing to do with how good the actual album is or its musicality or anything like that. Because I'll just... Yeah, that makes no sense. Everybody's got their own opinions on that sort of thing. Um, so I thought I'd just cut to the chase and give you just my direct opinion of it in a star system, which is based on replayability. How much can I see myself, or sorry, how many times can I see myself listening to this album in the next month, three months, six months, 12 months, or never? That's it. That's it. So if I can imagine myself listening to this album... I don't care about what style of music it is or anything. If it's just got that replayability, that's the star system. So you'll get five stars if I could listen to it once a month. Four, three months. Um, what, three stars to six months. Two stars if I could listen to it once a year. One star um, if I'll never listen to it again. So that's the star system that we might use if we're ever going to grade an album here on the, on the podcast. And I guess this is a bad week. Uh, to introduce this uh, because Power Up would probably get a one for me. I don't, can't imagine myself listening to it much. If ever. I, no, never. I'll, I'll never listen to that album again. Uh, on my own choice, by the way. I wouldn't mind listening to it if someone had it on. That's I'm not going to object to it, but, you know. Uh, so anyway, so Power Up gets a one for me, but it's still a very ACDC album, as we've talked about. So, you know, check it out if you're a fan. And if you've never heard of them before, and you're some young kid that uh, shouldn't be listening to this podcast, but is anyway, uh, see if it grabs you. See if it does the same as like a Takashi 6 9 song would do or whatever. You know? Anyway. There's still new stuff coming out as well. Uh, I know we've talked about the Deftones a few episodes ago, but I don't know if you guys have been following this new like Black Stallion album that they're about to release. And they've dropped a few singles. So we've got a new single this week. And so the whole idea is, uh, if you guys were ever a Deftones fan, you'd definitely know the album White Pony from a long time ago. I don't know the exact date. And I'm not going to look it up. Uh, but anyway, that album was an absolute fucking banger. And uh, the anniversary of it's coming up soon. So they're getting all kinds of people to remix every track of the album. And it's going to be released as this thing called Black Stallion. Uh, really, really cool idea. And the the first one they dropped was a Knife Party remix by, I wrote it down, uh, Purity Ring. Super cool. They're just taking these, like, obviously heavy, sort of droney, big-ass riffage sort of anthems and just putting them into these chilled vibes and remixing the hell out of them. And uh, we got one this week, uh, a remix of Passenger, um, by a guy named, where is it? Mike Shinoda. 
and it was super cool. And I think it's a super creative idea to um, celebrate an anniversary of a great album is just have it completely released, completely remixed. And I'm pretty sure they've organized some pretty uh, high names to remix some of these things. I'm pretty sure Robert Smith from The Cure is doing one of them. So it's going to be a cool album coming up at the end of this year, I believe. I think December sometime. Anyway, that is what it is. So this week's episode is uh, an interview with a an artist that makes completely different kind of music to what you've heard here on the podcast, uh, a bit of a drum and bass guy. Because uh, I, like I said earlier in the episode, I realized I was uh, going down the heavy train a bit too much. And this episode was uh, no exception. We talked about ACDC and a little bit of Deftones. Anyway, uh, this guy, Joe, uh, he was a uh, neighbor of mine. Uh, we've been friends for years. And uh, he creates electronic music kind of in the drum and bass scene, I would say. Uh, you know, sort of relaxed electronica. Really, really cool. Um, he's a guitarist as well. Known him for a long time. And uh, he's come onto the podcast. Uh, we, we chatted about just sort of where he started in music, how it's all going. And um, he's got an EP out uh, called Flow State. And he's, he goes under the um, artist name Bloom. But guys, if you get on Spotify and type in Bloom, you'll get like 4,000 artists. So um, type in Flow State and you'll find his shit. I'll leave links in the description below and all that stuff. And he's got some stuff up on SoundCloud as well. I'll put those links down there. And if you're trying to look for him on any social media or anything, uh, he goes under Bloom Music Perth. Bloom, B-L-O-O-M, obviously. You know how to spell music. Perth, P-R-T-H, yeah, whatever. Uh, so check him out, follow his stuff, like it, share it. Uh, he chats about, you know, chats to us about fucking how he started in music, um, how he got signed to a record label and was able to produce this EP and he was featured in some pretty, pretty high-end sets. And... Uh, it's all pretty cool stuff and he even bought in a track for it. So we'll close out the episode with a track of his, like a little sketch. That's the whole idea of the podcast, guys. Remember, you throw in your sketches and we'll put them up and we'll talk about them. And uh, that'll be the ending of this episode. It's one of his songs. Remember, guys, if you've got your own tracks or you want to chat about, you know, how you started in music or what music is to you and what the hell's been going on in your musical life, um, hit us up. Remember, it's uh, scott at thejamroom.com.au or you can hit us up on Twitter, uh, scott... No, what is it? What's my Twitter? Uh, at Jamroom Podcast. Yeah, find that. Anyway, uh, I'll leave you guys with this little interview with Joe. This is uh, the Jamroom Podcast and I uh, hope you guys have a great week. transition music anyway cool. apparently anyway all right welcome joe thank you thanks for coming on the podcast thanks for having me i guess yeah so <laughs> uh joe's a electronic musician i would say at the moment yeah that's yeah at the moment yeah, yes at the moment all right um so anyway thanks for coming on uh i would have said in the intro that we know each other but anyway <laughs> tell a little bit of uh 
tell the people about yourself a little bit. About me. Um, as far as music goes, yeah. let's keep it on topic. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's the thing, though. That's like kind of that would be the first place I'd go anyway. Because, like, I remember I've always been artistic. So, like, the first one of the first memories I ever have was that pre primary, we had to do a drawing of our family. You know, I was, oh, yeah. I was on a it was on a house shaped piece of paper, baker's baking sheet that they've cut into the shape of a house and we paint our family inside. And I remember the teacher saying, wow, that was really good. And I remember him, I remember them getting my mum after the class and saying like, this is a really good picture for this age. He's doing well, you know, with drawing. It was, it yeah, was praise. Yeah. It was praise. And then that feeling has been pretty much the driving force in my life. And that, that captured drawing and art and painting and then music. I picked up the guitar. I became obsessed with playing guitar. So that was the new wave to ride of All achievement. Right. All right. If, if we can, how old are you then when you picked up the guitar? Oh, I picked it up. I say I picked it up when I was like seven, but I got serious when I was like 15. All right. I got serious then, you know, play, high school stuff. Playing like classical gas over and over and over again on the acoustic And that's guitar. not an easy piece. Yeah. Like I was obsessed with that song, getting it right. <laughs> and my dad, like that was the only thing that he would want like me to play. He's like, play class classical gas. And that's what I'd play for him. It was the only thing that would impress him was that level uh, of fucking finger picking. That's the only thing he would like fucking get out of yeah, bed yeah, for. Yeah. You know, you, like, you finally done something that he can't do. <laughs> He's <it>. impressed. <laughs> He's like, all right, touche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not playing smoke on the water yeah, anymore. Yeah. You know? Don't ask me to do it, kid. <laughs> you're not playing fucking the Thunderstruck finger tapping lick. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're advanced, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. And then shortly after that, 16, I went to my first rave and um, Pendulum were playing before they were famous. Like It was like at a 30-person warehouse rave thing and like the electronic music, I'd always liked electronic Wait, music. A 30-person warehouse? Like it was a very small rave. Ah. Very, very small rave. No, so it was in a warehouse, but sorry, there was only like... 30 people there it was pendulum went shit then. and you as a 16 year old were able to get in somehow yeah no because 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 they weren't they weren't famous then it was like literally they were gigging it was the equivalent of um them gigging at like an rsl for like an underage yeah yeah thing. yeah they were that. they used to do them down at uh craigie ledger center that's what pendulum was then yeah and i saw them and i was like that's fucking awesome I got myself a copy of re bootleg copy of Reason, Reason Three, um, and started going from there. And then, um, all right. Yeah. So, uh, so now you're producing electronic music and all that sort of stuff. Yes. But I want to dive into those times because definitely, uh, it seems like I was I was with you at at a point because we're a similar age, right, Joe? Yeah. Um, and picking up the guitar around the same age, yep. high school, yep. learning guitar. Obviously, I learned different sort of things. It seems like your experience of Perth um, as a music scene was different because there was I didn't hear of any pendulum raves. Yeah, that was never on my radar. Yeah, what kind of year was that that you were thinking? That I was when I went to that rave. I was like sixteen or seventeen. So two thousand and two thousand and. 
2003. All right. Okay. So towards the end of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think. I think there's something to be said about what Perth was as, as an identity, uh, musically, yeah. like as far as live music was going on back then. Because I was I was yeah. the same. I was first starting to get introduced to what was going on in this in um, different venues around the place. Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, um, Perth was a, a heavy metal town, <laughs> and that was just because of the circles I was running in. Right? Yeah. And all I heard about was just different gigs from just heavy metal bands. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Well, I I always grew up with the impression that Perth was like a D&B mecca. It was like one of the lightning rods in the world for drum and bass. That's amazing. Outside of the UK. Far out. There was Brazil and there was like Australia as like these beacons of like, why the fuck are that? It's like, it's like Americans playing cricket. You know, it's like, why are the Aussies making drum and bass? And it's fucking good. That is, that is insane. Yeah. Because the more I'm thinking about it, the more I, I, I'm agreeing with you. Like, you're right. Pendulum are huge. Pendulum changed the face of drum and bass. And they, and were, they came out of here, right? And they were a punk band. Yeah. And, and, and we've had um, like, uh, so as far as I'm concerned, there was like this like serious heavy scene going on in, in, yeah. in, in Perth. We had like, uh, yeah, but Carnival emerged from there. Oh, Carnival, man. Yep. And, and they've, I think they've done the so same. much for prog rock as well. I think of them the same as I think of Pendulum. Like they absolutely... Jewels, yeah, in the revolutionaries, right? Crown of Perth music, yeah. And um, there was there was a lot of stuff going on around then, yeah. uh, around that time. And it's weird. I was on that side of the coin where I saw those things going on. I remember yeah. like Carnival rehearsing in the same places yeah, yeah, that we yeah, were, yeah, and they're yeah, just doing yeah. these little underground gigs. Yeah. And like you can see the like the pressure of of yeah. the heavy metal stuff in the in their old older recordings, right? Their old EPs. Uh, even the Marta has this. Uh, so Definitely good. like homage to, to heavy, heavy stuff. Oh man, right? yeah. The, you got that the instrumental track in the middle and it's like it's as heavy as possible. It's like that that was that was what was going on. It's like the middle of a fucking medieval like that dun 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 Where's that yeah, where's yeah, that yeah. scale coming from? It sounds like Middle Eastern. Yeah. What, what, but that was what, what their flavour on yeah, it. Yeah, man. But but then it it descends into just raw heaviness. Yeah. Incredible track. Yeah. But since then, they haven't gone anywhere near as, as, as heavy as that. Yeah. They've gone as grimy. They've, they've just gotten better. They've evolved as a band yeah. or whatever. They've, they've transcended it. But it came from this like quagmire of heavy metal music, which I thought was the entire Perth scene. Yeah. Had no idea about Pendulum stuff. It wasn't until like probably 2007 or so yeah. where someone I was teaching with actually mentioned, oh, yeah, hey, I recorded some violin tracks for Pendulum or whatever. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Those guys, I've heard them on the radio. There's like, oh no, yeah. they're from Perth. I, I had no idea who the hell they were. Yeah, it is murmurings on Triple J. He's um, Rob Swire. He's like, he's buddy buddies with like, Dead Mouse. All right. And like up at that echelon of like the super producers. Like there's there's a bunch of super producers. You know, like Dead Mouse being one of them. Like he programs all his own synths and shit. He's a yeah. genius. Um, and then there's like Rob Swire. He's he's at that caliber, you know. He's at that caliber with fucking Chemical Brothers and and yeah. things like that. His music production is so advanced. So, in my perspective, y- you've you've been sixteen, seventeen, uh, checking out those 
those pendulum gigs and stuff. Where did where did that lead you? So when you when you were you know the next four or five years of your life, yeah. So the music venues, stuff that you were checking out. What was Perth like? It was all it was all raves, and uh, then I started going to like metros. Used to have like trance, like white parties, and like Rise was big for me. So the Rise nightclub, I was there every week. Like knew everyone at the club. Everyone knew me. I was like a part of the furniture Far out. at Rise. Um. Yeah, got into the got into the Perth scene pretty deep there, and they would get these like um they would get international because like it wasn't that big it wasn't like Tomorrowland didn't exist back then and stuff so like dance music wasn't as popular as it is now so like back then you could get the number one DJ to come to Perth for five grand far out so we were seeing like legends every yeah. weekend. Name some of those le- these legends. Like Marcel have, Woods. Yeah, school me. I have no idea. Armin Van Buren. Like trance DJs. Yeah. Um, who else? You'd get like, yeah, your Dead Mouses. You'd get Dead Mouse playing some side stage. Like now he plays like arenas, you know, like he was like a no one back then. Fat Boy Slim. Like they used, they used to come. Stanton Warriors. Like all the drum and bass DJs used to come here. Andy C used to come here every New Year's Day and play New Year's Day at Metro's. Like from from the UK, he'd come for Australia Day and play like the biggest venue in Perth every year. And, and so, it was like an event. <laughs> so you kind of take these these elements and you wrap them up because I've I, I spoken to you before with friends. We, yeah. we, we obviously have talked about music a bunch of times. You definitely yeah. like some rock stuff along the way. You, oh, yeah. You, you've got this diverse palette. You're not just one of these guys, but you're also one of these guys that goes out. Um, what do they call it? Blazing Swan? Yeah. And stuff like that. So that's yeah. a scene that happens in Perth the that I had scene. no idea about. The Doof scene. Like, I'm, not, I'm yeah. not really into the Doof scene, but like... It's a thing. And like Blazing Swan is like the mecca of their whole yeah. community. It's like an offshoot of, of um, Burning Man. So it's like a doof. If you're going to go to a doof, go to that one. You know what I mean? Like they're capturing it right there. Are they, are, they, are they doing like a... Is it like the fables of, of Burning Man? Are we getting like the, the cool fucking trippy artists out there? The, yeah. The, the people wearing just... Music cars. And, you know, yeah, like people build... People spending a people. year making mutant cars for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> you know, building massive temples and burning them down. Yeah. Because like, we're like, I've heard like crazy. different stories about that sort of stuff. You either get these music lovers that go out there or you get these just absolute uh, just trippers. That yeah. it's, just, it's just an excuse to have other people around them while they do whatever they're going to do on a normal weekend anyway. Yeah. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, step yeah. into my world. Yeah. And so now... Uh, you've had a you've been big delay because you're also an artist on many many levels, Joe. Um, uh, f- for you guys at home, Joe is not just a, a musician; he's also like a, an incredible graphic artist and drawer, um, and painter as well. I would I, I would say I don't know what what's your main medium? Illustrator, you illustrator. Ink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever the hell medium, he, he knows how to fucking wield whatever's in his right hand. And um, I have a caricature of Jordan Peterson that he drew for me, uh, fucking on top of my wife's piano in the other room. <laughs> still to this day, it's yeah. still one of my favorite pieces. Oh, it's man. amazing. I might even put a picture of that up on social media. Yeah, wicked. If I remember to, because yeah, it's fucking awesome. It. Um, but you did that for a long time, but you seem to have gotten back into music and you've yeah. been signed and you've now got an EP out. Uh, yeah. How did that all come about? So, I mean... 
I was producing electronic music for ages and, and could never, I was like hitting plateaus and I wasn't, it wasn't sounding good. I was, I was beating the drum, but I wasn't getting anywhere with it. I was like, I know I like this. I know this is fun. I know there's a challenge here. I haven't cracked the nut. And then, so I'm still obsessed, <laughs> in other words. <laughs> yeah. And um, then I tried something completely different. I tried drum and bass and I was scared of it because I knew what Perth could produce with drum and bass. I knew the caliber and I was like, can I ever do something that, that great. Yeah. I, I, I'm intimidated just by the, the technical fidelity of yeah, it. Like, I'm like, I, yeah, exactly. You need, you need some good computers to do it. Yeah. I was like, I'm. there's so much to learn here. How am I even going to ever come close to producing that style? But I thought I have to give it a go just for myself, just to see if, you know, I quit <laughs> after. If it's too hard, I quit, whatever. Yeah. It turns out that I had a bit of a a knack for it that I didn't realize that came from all those years of failure at the other style it, it, it felt easy to to go there and and i've been like just entranced with it for the past sort of 12 months and it led to a bit of an obsession and you know i started like meeting up with other producers perth producers and stuff and who weren't signed but just to get knowledge and you, you make drum and bass how do you make drum and bass you know like show me how how it works in the background but then i soon overtook them and, and got you know, I, I within twelve months. Within twelve months, I got a an EP signed to a, a Manchester label, um, which is Manchester's. That's insane. That's the mecca of drum and bass. So I was like, "You are one was, talented human." I was jerk. really stoked. I was really stoked, and I was stoked because <laughs> the whole album came out, or the whole EP rather came out after I found out that um, my wife was pregnant. So like, my whole musical palette changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, as well as. Um, <laughs> as well as um, having San Pedro ceremony as well, those two things I mean, combined could have timed it a bit better to like have like the good news, like like probably some of the best news you've had for a while. Like you yeah. got an EP signed, and then like why is I also pregnant? Better news, yeah. So now you can't. What are you going to celebrate? Well, <laughs> you have I mean. to celebrate the the, the pregnancy. You, yeah, it's yeah. way better. But yeah, 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 yeah. Overshadowed. Uh, no, well, it's 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 more that it inspired the whole the music that came out. The whole experience, you know. Oh, okay. so, so you got signed? And you hadn't written the tracks yet? No, no, no. I got I got signed with tracks that I wrote whilst when we at the time. Oh, that, oh so, I see. So I Jen, see. Oh, I'm Jen sorry. Was pregnant. I was making this music while she was pregnant. Oh, I'm sorry. And then oh. I got signed. So oh, okay. So you'd you'd found out beforehand. Yeah. All yeah. Right. So it inspired oh, I got, me. Got the mixed up in my mind. Yeah. So it inspired me. Oh, of course. Yeah. Wow. And, and another massive preceding event was the um, yeah the San Pedro ceremony that I had that completely changed my concept of of rhythm and you know not doing four four drums like doing lazy syncopated fractal drums like it all came from that there was a moment there where I was like it, it changed my perception <laughs> literally right. of, of what you're how rhythm some, you're getting into some fascinating territory here yeah because I love hearing stories of um, moments where musical boundaries are broken for somebody. Yes. yes. Like uh, some people can listen to, uh, say, jazz music or something like that. Yeah. And just because of the time signature changes and stuff like that, they can't flow to it. They don't get it. They yeah. just don't like it. Just something about them just goes, ah, I can't dance to this. It's whatever. Yeah. And I noticed it myself in learning. Um, I could always understand 4-4, four, four, obviously. It's in built. Yeah, that's right. So is some threes, whatever. But then like 
really been able to dance to a seven eight time signature yeah. or something a bit more abstract i could actually narrow down the moments that it was yeah that it happened where all of a sudden i was I'm playing things and I'm dancing to these polyrhythms. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. now I've unlocked an, a, a new thing, a new thing that yeah. I can grasp and be okay with yeah. and, and absolutely flow with that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes it happens with drugs. Sometimes it happens through like sheer brute force. We yeah. just have to practice the shit out you of it. Break right? through a wall. But the more fascinating aspect is when it just happens, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like all of a sudden you hear something high and you're like, oh, wait, now I get it, right? Yeah, why Why right yeah. now do I get the concept? Yeah. You know, people talk about things, you know, because I spent a lot of time on YouTube in that year of obsession. Like yeah. there's a lot of, that's a big community on YouTube is like music production. So I was watching all these fucking, you know, all these tutorials. That was the guy that I ended up getting on that set from was from that obsession. Um, we'll talk, so we'll talk about that because no one listening to this yeah. would know about this. So um, Joe has a, a bootleg of Message in a Bottle. Yeah, by Christina. And Aguilera. it's amazing, <laughs> by the way, guys. Where can people find this? Is there, is there any way to find it? Do you have a uh, SoundCloud or yeah, something? Yeah, SoundCloud. It's up on my SoundCloud. It's called um, Genie Warrior. Genie Warrior on his SoundCloud. I'm going to uh, make sure Joe gives me all his details. I'll put them in the description of this podcast, guys. Yeah. Um, so cool. GD Warrior, yeah, yeah, on your yeah. Spotify, yeah, um, it's wicked, and it was featured in what? What the hell was that event? So it was a, um, it's like Canada is a big drum and bass place as well, and they were having their Canadian. It's, it's called Jungle Toronto. Is like the Twitch stream. It's a big drum and bass online yep. stream, and they were doing their Halloween special, and one of the DJs who. That explains all the skulls and shit. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. When I was, yeah. I was watching, and why it, they're all dressed up? Yeah, yeah. Joe sent me this clip, and it was like seven <laughs> hours long, and he had told me sort of roughly where his set sort of where this song appeared. Yeah, and I was like, oh, what's going on? I'm scrolling through it. There's like just weird skulls and fucking witches and shit hanging around. I'm like, what yeah. am I watching? But anyway, go on. Yeah. So I, he he requested. He's like, I've got this gig coming up. Send me through your dubs, and um, so I did. Because I had this song that I thought was up his alley, it was in his genre, and it was like complete. I knew it was there. Like I mixed it, mastered it myself. I was like, "This is pretty polished." So I sent it out to him, and then a couple of days later, I listened to the stream, thinking maybe he played it, maybe played something, and he ends up opening with the track. Like so, you know, it literally. That's high it's high praise. He's, he's setting the tone for his whole set and then the rest of the set was full of bangers as well so it's like whoa I, i've appeared in a place that's validated you know it was a big yeah is that going back to the house drawing validation yeah yep. same feeling is that yeah exactly and higher stake it takes so much more effort to get that yeah <laughs> i mean <laughs> that praise there's, there's a lot of reasons to, to produce music but getting that that feedback that it actually meant something to someone yeah. and actually was given the opportunity to mean something to a whole bunch of other people. That's right. That feels fucking amazing when that happens, right? That's right. Yeah. And so you've got this EP out now. Yeah. And um, it's on Spotify and it's uh, the album's called... Flow State. Flow State. And the artist is Bloom. Bloom. Um, probably gonna, you're probably going to want to search for Flow State, the way the algorithm's yeah. working. Yeah, we checked it out. on. Uh, <laughs> it turns out there's a lot of artists called Blue yeah, out there, guys. So uh, chuck in Flow State, F-L-O-W-S-T-A-T-E. That's correct, yeah. Three-track EP. Yep, all one word. Yep. I just said that really loud. I think I might have clipped it. But anyway, 
<laughs> Flow State, all one word. Uh, on Spotify, uh, three track EP. It's fucking awesome. Um, and it's under the label, because you mentioned them, Manchester label. What label? Sub label recordings. Yeah. And so Joe's a man that was able to get himself signed within a year of, of just starting fresh in a brand new genre. He was a guitarist. He was a kid guitarist that started going to some pendulum <laughs> fucking gigs. Yeah. I'm not even going to ask what <laughs> you were on at 16. <laughs> I was on uh, high on the music, man. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Of course. <laughs> of course. Nothing happens at 16. <laughs> it's a boring, boring time. But anyway, um, and now Simon's got this new EP out. Uh, check it out on Spotify. Uh, there was something else as well. Oh, yeah, that's right. Shoot. In the in the light of the jam room, uh, Joe's bought us a, a track yes. that, that, that uh, he's going to send me and I'm going to put up the end of this. Yeah. As we do, guys, we like to show our working out here. Yeah. So uh, Joe's been so kind as to, to send us a little sketch of something, maybe in the same style as what's on your EP or whatever. It's, like, it's, I don't care what it is. It's pretty similar. I would is say he playing classical gas? It's the next uh, <laughs> iteration, shall we say. Ooh. The next version of the... Um, bloom project it's it evolved a little bit oh different flavor we're getting brand new stuff here guys yeah all right an exclusive <laughs> yeah. thank you so much exclusive thanks for coming stage. on man thanks for having me and uh we're just gonna sit and chat and have more beers awesome. and uh this is the track from joe does it have a name doesn't have a name doesn't have a name untitled N- nothing that we've ever played on this podcast has had a name so uh <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> you would have you would have thrown something out. Maybe Spotify would have kicked us off again. I usually get pretty good names. Like after I finish the track, I'm like, what does this actually sound like to me? And the name pops out. So I'll listen to it one more time. You'll be sure there's some crazy, crazy name. That yeah. Well, if it becomes a track, you guys might hear it on Spotify one day and be like, you know what? I remember when this was untitled. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cheers, man. Thanks. Thanks.